Hello and welcome to this very special edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. We are in the heat of fixie season, ladles, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, It's so hot, you need to ladle it in there. (laughs) We're out there, we're seeing as many things as we can. Trying to get to all the movies, it's 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 a it's a big deal. Uh, Lee, how many days until the fixies are recorded? Forty four, baby. Forty four days till Las Vegas. We got some T-shirts to commemorate the event. Thank you, Lee. Yes. Oh, awesome. My pleasure. Uh, beautiful. Um, so, how, I, out of curiosity, oh. how do you think that's gonna go? We're just walking down the strip. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, oh, I are we gonna wear these shirts? It, it, well, I let's just Vegas? play this out. Let's play this out. We're wearing them. We got our, our get your film fix. Oh, I and then people are gonna I, be like, "Hey, are you? The, what are you guys here for? Like the big fixie season? The big what's that? Oh, well, let me check it out. That's awesome. Woo! Yeah. Get and then well, yeah, we should have we should have um, yeah, like put where to find us. That's that was a mistake, Lee. Well, you pay by the letter. So, <laughs> um, so it was, it was uh, smart and thrifty. Thrifty. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, yeah, so I don't know how many comps we're going to get if we're wearing those T-shirts. Oh, a lot. A lot. I think we're going to probably get more wearing them than not wearing them. If we're yeah. I think our, wearing them. Our, our, yeah. our odds do increase slightly. It is a, it is a conversation starter. At least it's something, yeah. rather than our normal schlubby selves. Well, I thought we were wearing suits. What happened to that? Well, mine still doesn't oh. fit. Yeah, I, 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 need, I have a little bit of weight to lose to get into my fixie shirt, in fact. Okay. So, 44 days. That. 44 days. Um, okay, well, thank you for joining me, guys, during this very busy fixie season. Um, and this week we watched a big fixie contender, in fact, because... This film uh, has received quite a bit of buzz. Uh, so this week we're going to look at The Lost Daughter, uh, a, a film that is going to be probably pretty important in the Fixies. Uh, it is received, uh, I think it may have, did it win any um, Golden Globes, the non-TV aired Golden Globes, Lee? Oh, I, <laughs> so those happened? They did happen. Uh, okay. It doesn't matter. They did get some, um, I believe the Screen Actor Guild Awards came out today. Mm-hmm. And I believe it got. I believe it got a bunch of nominations. Um, uh, it got one nomination: Screen Actor okay. Guild Awards. Uh, yeah, right. Olivia Coleman, Fixie winner Olivia Coleman. So, uh, I am excited to dive into it. This was nominated for two Golden Globes. Did not win any. Actress and director. Miss Caruso, welcome. Thank you. Excuse me. I work at the beach house. Just let me know if you need anything. Great. Get up! Mommy, get up! You don't have kids. Yes, I have two daughters. Girl, she's driving me crazy. What were your daughters like when they were little? I can't remember much actually. 
saw you at the beach today. I didn't see you. I saw you. The little girl lost her doll. She wouldn't stop crying. Children are a crushing responsibility. Happy birthday. Okay, guys. Um, so, as you know, uh, like you guys, I'm a very busy person. Single man about town. Doing lots of important work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, and as a result, I truly cannot consume my first love, which is film in the same way that I used to, um, a child will do that to you as you both know. Um, so I had to watch, they'll this, consume you. Yeah. They consume you. I had to watch this movie in pieces. Um, and, uh, I watched most of it or maybe like three quarters of it or half of it. Um, in roughly one sitting. And then I came back and watched the rest of it. And I just want to tell our audience that we're definitely going to spoil this movie and I'm going to spoil it now. So if you don't, if you, I encourage you guys to watch this movie without, uh, spoiling it. So go do that and come back. Um, but we, we know that there's going to, we, we can anticipate a fundamental, maybe not a shift, but a fundamental answer or discovery of our main character, played by Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter. We know there's something there. We know that there is something coming. And when sort of by chance, that moment came kind of right as I started my, let's call it the second half of my viewing, right? And, you know, the movie before, you know, the movie gets quite serious at that point. And in a way I was like a little disappointed because I was starting to to like this character and invest in her. And then when you kind of find out she's not quite the friendly bubbly person she presents herself as, I I got a little disappointed. I don't know if it's disappointed the movie or not, but I'm wondering speaking very broadly at first, if this has ever happened to you guys. And if like, do you ever get so invested in characters that their actions start to sort of, upset you a little bit and then how does that impact your overall opinion of the film hmm. yeah i mean i had i had a similar i i you know i did find time to watch it all in one sitting but um good for you i had a you know, showing off how uh, unimportant i am um <clears throat> but i did have a similar sort of feeling but part of my expectations affected this and i guess we can start going a little bit into spoiler territory because because of the title and because of the first scene i thought this movie was sort of going in the direction of someone who had literally lost their child at a young age and they were dealing with the ramifications of that um when you eventually kind of realize that's not the case and it goes in a different direction um that there's like the part of relief that it wasn't that before you get to process, Oh wait, now this really is about this person and and, and you as an audience member coming to ter- either coming to terms or not coming to terms with that 
that character's decision in wrestling with that. So I had to first get over the sort of relief of the fact that it wasn't about uh, a young child gone missing forever, but then also wrestle with the decisions of our main character quickly after. So it was it's a bit of a, a turn for me to get to that point. Yeah, I I have to admit, I, I really struggled with this movie. Um, I'm not 100% sure why. I think maybe some clarity will come. I'm hoping for some more clarity through this discussion, but Chapin what you said is kind of one pivotal issue I did have with it. And and it's not entirely a bad thing about the movie specifically. It just did impact my experience is that by the end of this movie, I didn't really like Leda. And if you don't like her, I didn't really find a whole lot left there for me as an audience member. Well, I guess the big question is, were you supposed to like her? Well, I think that's a, yeah, exactly. And I think that's an important question that we can talk about. So, that's why I say I don't know that this is a problem with the movie because I don't know that you are supposed to like her. And I do think that makes her character interesting. But I don't know. Maybe it's something about both Olivia Coleman and Jesse Buckley being actresses that I like. I want to like them. I want to like their character. And Jesse Buckley plays the younger version of Olivia Coleman's character later. I don't know. I, I think... There's also something charming about Olivia Coleman that we really like. And that charm and kind of that, I don't even know if charm is the word, um, but her personality in the first half of this movie is kind of likable. Even if she's not a likable person to the other people in the movie, we root for her. We kind of like her in that regard. And then it turns out that she's not that great. And now, now I just, I didn't know what I was left with. I was kind of like, man, like, here I am watching this character that I'm supposed to like think has maybe is maybe on some sort of like a, um, a reconciliation vacation of sorts. Like she's trying to make amends with herself for the things she's done. And that's admirable. And I can get behind that. But then this movie goes in the, the way that this movie is structured is that it, it almost closes on what she did. And as a result, we don't like her as much anymore. Yeah, that's right. interesting. Well, no, yeah, I was just going to say, I think the whole point of this movie is to sort of subvert your expectations. And I don't think it's the whole point, but it's, it's important that what her character does is important, I think. I think it's the point of the movie. But so, I think because because I don't this think is the point movie, of the movie is to subvert like our expectations. I think it uses that tool to to do sure. so. But I, I don't I don't think this movie is trying to be subversive in that sense. I think it is in in, in talking about you know the issues that new parents face and and you know wrestling with the idea of parenthood and and you know, things I'm sure we, you, the three of us have thought a ton about in the last four or five years, but, um, you know, a lot of people experience that kind of stuff. And I think what happens, what she does, which we should just say, she experiences something that I think a lot of people have thoughts about, but she does, she acts on them in, in, in strange ways, uh, or in ways that are, are sort of uncommon. Well, let's just spill the beans. So basically, you find out that in her younger years, she she leaves her fam. She just up and leaves her family 
basically for right. She so starts with an affair. Yeah, it starts she's, with an affair. She's struggling and then, a lot with motherhood. With she has two yeah. sort of what like five or seven year old daughters, mm-hmm. and they are a lot to deal with for her. And she, you see her kind of snap a couple times, and then she gets a work opportunity. She's a English professor or you know a literature professor, and her she gets some work and then on that trip has an affair and um then decides to leave her family but i don't think for the man i, I think they've broken no. up by that point she no. just has I to think leave the bigger i think the bigger thing is that she literally leaves for several years yeah two years i think is that what she says right. yeah. yeah leaves her family leaves her daughters leaves being a mother just up and does it and 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 she she says it it felt amazing so as an audience member, you're left wondering, is this movie sympathetic to her? Are, are we supposed to think that it was okay for her to have done that? I mean, it's hard as a human to, to ever sort of get behind that. But you look at this movie and, like, obviously the female director in Maggie Gyllenhaal, it's a pretty much an all-female cast uh, based on a book. Uh, written by Elena Ferrante, um, you know, is this is this movie trying to be sympathetic to this character, or yeah. is it just trying to show something and and let the audience decide? And I think that's sort of the brilliance of the film. I think I think it's both. Yeah, I think it's both. I I I feel as if like her honesty and her ability to sort of her her confession um towards the end of the movie right before she's stabbed um that she's very honest about herself that makes her a sympathetic character um does it though she's well i does don't it, i mean you're not i don't think you're supposed to like i don't the... think you're supposed to like her and i don't know that you're supposed to say um oh i feel so bad for her but i i do think so I'm sorry, I should take that back. I don't think you're supposed to sort of feel badly for her. I think I do think you are supposed to like her and that honesty... Are you supposed to understand where she came from? Yeah, I think that's you're the hard that's the hard part that I found with this. I I, I found it very hard to be empathetic to this character. And I, it was I but I don't even think I was realizing it because I was sort of taken this movie kind of comes at you uh, from a different direction than you're thinking, I guess going back to my subverting your expectations, that you almost don't have time to react whether or not you're you're sympathetic to this character because, like you said, this character is charming and she is sort of likable on the outside, and it's Olivia Coleman and she's a great actress, and all of a sudden you're thrown with like, do I like what? Do I even like this person? Like, mm. what what happened here? What is this movie trying to tell me? Well, I think it's I think the reason it's both the things we're talking about is basically basically kind of almost comes from two lines of dialogue is one and one is where she admits that her leaving felt great. And that honesty, I think, is what opens up the door for em- empathy. And if you're a parent, even if you're not going to go to those lengths, you can imagine, you know, the the freedom and the the, you know, stresslessness of of not having those responsibilities and then on the flip side she has this line this very specific line where she describes children as a crushing responsibility and that's there i think to kind of tell you 
kind of universally that this is something that parents go through. So I think separate from the empathy you may have for her, it's just trying to point out that, you know, having kids is a challenge. Well, I that wasn't my interpretation. My, of what? I, I kind of got the sense that she, I think the movie thinks people like this shouldn't have kids. Really? Yes. Where do you get that? Well, I mean, I don't dis- disagree or agree. I, I didn't even think of that. Where Where did you get that from? I mean, she's not a good parent. Clearly, yeah. She says that. She's, you know, she leaves on a whim. I, I You know, if you are a good parent, I don't think you can ever imagine doing that. I don't think any of us could imagine doing that. And, but then she com- says she comes back because she misses them. And that's a nice sentiment, but she explains in, in, I think like such excellent writing very simply that she's a selfish person. Like she just misses them. And that's why she came back. Not because she was worried about them or because she felt an obligation as a mother or a parent. She wanted to go back because she missed them. And I, I think you get a sense from her phone call. I mean, it sounds like she's kind of close to her daughters, but not really. Um, and I mean, More you can adults now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's just, it's something I've thought a lot about. Like, I think it's e it's sort of weaned a little bit in the last, I don't know, 10 or so years. And the parts of the, of my, you know, the late millennials and the generation after us are, are not as interested in having kids. And I think, I think that's a good thing. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know about the survival of our species, so to speak, but I think there was a lot of pressure for people to have kids as if that's the normal thing to do. And that meant a lot of people who didn't want to be parents or didn't have the constitution to be parents became parents. And this is an example of someone who, who did that. And she seems like a lovely person in the sense that, you know, she, is very smart and she's passionate about her work and she seems to connect with people like the, the way she connected with the hitchhiker or the, the people who were hiking um, in the flashback. And, you know, she connects with the, mm-hmm. the young British man at the resort. Um, but she's not someone who should have kids because she's a selfish person and she can't give herself entirely to her children, which we know it, it takes. But, which I, I agree with everything you just said, and the complexity of that is what makes this an, a very interesting movie. But I'm still wrestling with the film being sympathetic to that character. And, well, and almost in saying, like, if this is you, it's okay. It's okay. And, like, I don't, I don't think that's what the movie is saying. I, I didn't get that sense, but I'm sorry to interrupt you. I don't think it's saying okay. it's okay. I think it's, I think it's saying... Well, I don't know. In a, in a way, I think it is. I think w- what it is saying is that it's okay to feel like children are a crushing responsibility. What I don't think it's okay. Uh, it's not saying it's okay to leave them and feel like that's great and only go back because you miss them. Of course, it's. I think there's two different lines there. But what I think is interesting is that like, and this is where what I found likable about Leda is. In, in this whole idea of like her reconciling her past on this trip is everybody she meets 
she seemingly wants to talk about her kids, you know, as a good mother would seemingly want to do. Well, and then, hmm. but then we transition to, you know, these flashbacks and we see what she's done and now we don't like her as much. And look, there's complexity in the character there and that's fine. But for me, like it wasn't, the two pieces weren't working together as well as I would have liked. I, okay. I disagree with that a little bit. I, I think what she experiences as the Olivia, the modern laid up is an incredible amount of empathy for, um, for Dakota Johnson's character. You know, she, and it's really, the camera work is really well done They're, They let, you know, this, this brash American family shows up in Greece and, she's annoyed by them, but she pinpoints this character who's going through something she understands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which is a, a smart device. Like that's what kind of like triggers the memories and right. Which, but I think it's more you know. than a device. I think that's, I think that's what makes her likable is that she is, you know, we don't, I, again, I don't think the movie is condoning her behavior by any means, but she's likable for a couple of reasons. One, she's just so empathetic to this woman who's experiencing what she's experiencing or she experienced. And she, you know, she, she steals the doll, which was inexplicable to me. I read some stuff about it and we can maybe talk about that a little bit, but um, she steals the doll from the, the girl, the daughter who is lost, who she, she finds, she finds Dakota Johnson's daughter um, who goes missing and the can the family's very indebted to her. Um, and then she, um, takes the girl's doll and all hell breaks loose with the family. Like it just, it's just a nightmare. I mean, it's almost kind of like, it's like the one part of the movie that's a little disbelievable. Like this, like it's that bad. She's like getting sick from not having this. Um, but anyway, so we can talk a little bit about that. I, what I, guys, I was wondering maybe if you quickly clarify something to me, the family turns against her, the Greek family. And I don't know why. Yeah, I was confused by that as well. That was a huge, huge issue I had with this movie, is that family in general. Now, you can take Dakota Johnson's character out of it a little bit. They establish her and develop her a little bit more, and she's obviously there as a kind of surrogate of Leda's younger self that she, you know, sees sees herself in. But like the rest of that family was just so thinly drawn to me, and like, but what were so they? Cliche were they like and the mob, or like I, I don't know. They, and there's like these lines are they... like they're not good people, and like they they did seem seedy, and but it was the way they acted felt like it was a different movie all the time, and I it it really was off putting for me, and it, it felt like it hurt the tone of the movie. I know that they were there for a specific purpose. It's all part of at least for us to show triggers for different aspects of her life like triggers memories of different aspects of her life but man i i really didn't like that whole dynamic with that family and like but i think chapin's questions the the one to ask is like they all of a sudden were friendly with her and turned on her and they that was before they knew about her taking the doll like there was this very bizarre like all of a sudden she seem to be like um in danger was it when they family. but it was when they saw her buying like the the doll size clothes it, it was after that yeah it was after I mean, they didn't that. know so she know, had the doll yeah, yeah but i don't know it was weird i really didn't like the that whole storyline with them and it occupied a lot of the movie and 
I don't know. Like, like I said, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I need to watch this movie again because you guys are pointing out all these very, like, astute things about the screenplay and the camera work and stuff, which I recognized in this movie, but n- it did not really speak to me very much. I didn't leave this I, movie I ha- overly impressed. I mean, I had a hard time. I understood, like, a lot of it, but I had a hard time relating to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what made me disconnect from it a little bit. Um, what do I you, just what? Felt, oh, go ahead. I, I just felt like the weight of these very impactful things, like her admitting that she left and loved it, didn't feel like they had a lot of weight for me. And maybe that's exactly what you're saying too, Jeremy. It's just like, because I don't know if it wasn't that I didn't relate to it. Like I can relate to the idea that kids are a crushing responsibility. <laughs> but, keep going. You keep using that phrase. I literally <laughs> was texting you guys about what a monster Miles was being. And then I ended my dry January <laughs> six days yeah. in. Immediately. What was he um, doing? I don't remember. Being a four-year-old. <laughs> Why do you think she takes this vacation, like, ultimately? Why is she there by herself? It's not like she's writing the next novel or doing another paper or do, like, she, why is she there, in your opinion? that's an interesting question. Um, I think, I mean, she's there alone, which was um, notable, and... Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't think about it until you asked that question, but I wonder if that's the movie's way of telling us that she is kind of a, she is, she, she has not had a successful romantic life since leaving her husband. And it's not even just romantic. She hasn't, she doesn't have a successful relationship life right like, I mean, she's not there with her daughter. She's not there with any family. She's not there exactly. romantically. Exactly. I think she's a little lost, honestly. And like, maybe this is something that she feels like, you know, oh, maybe this will fix it. Cause like she behaves strangely to people, right? She's, she's sort of cold with Ed Harris. And then when he like goes and talks to her at the bar, she's like, I don't really want to talk to you. But then she like goes over to try to seduce him and runs away. Yeah, exactly. So I think she just is like, she's a little lost in her life. She doesn't, really know what she wants or who she is and she's like oh maybe maybe a trip to greece will fix that i don't know think about like uh, um what's the soderbergh movie on the cruise ship let them all talk let them all talk like <clears throat> like why Brilliant did they take film? that trip you know it's just like they, well, they feel free. like they have <laughs> i know but they all feel like they have something that they can like recon- reconcile on this trip and like i think it's something like that right well, I, look, I didn't i didn't get the sense that this was like an unusual experience for her it's not i mean you know I, I don't know that like this is the only vacation she's ever taken um but yeah i i look i think i think people you know it just goes back to what she said about herself like uh you know, she's a selfish person. And, and like, where does that get you? Like if you leave your husband with two kids or, you know, you break up with the person who you wrecked your marriage for, or, you know, like that living is more, um, tolerated or perhaps just easier to sort of justify when you're younger even when you have the responsibility of a family and ch- children, but then 
where does that leave you 20 years later? Right? Like in a yeah, place where you is- are alone and, and taking a vacation to Greece by yourself, which maybe she likes. I don't right, know. She I didn't could get, like it. And yeah. I mean, maybe everything, if we go back and watch this movie again, everything she's doing is consistent with what she says about herself, that she's a selfish person. Maybe she's just like, I have money. I'm going to go to Greece and I, I am going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take this doll because I feel entitled to do it. And maybe it's all just because she's a selfish person. And that's fine. I think that's a, a, like a strong enough theme in a movie like this to justify a lot of the actions. All right, well, all right, so Dakota Johnson's character is clearly, like, the surrogate for her younger self and her memories that we we end up seeing. Um, and, you know, they they have the conversations, like, you know, you know, Dakota Johnson's, like, don't tell my boyfriend that I'm, right. you know, cheating on him. And, and, and she wants to know how it was, what it was like when, when Olivia Coleman's character left. What I don't understand and what I don't get, and I think it, tur- it goes back to the whole family question we had, it's like, what, why, what's with this ending with the stabbing? Like, it seemed very bizarre. So, the whole thing about the stealing of the doll, which, this is based on a book, like, I could picture that very much being like a consistent, strong through line in a novel like this, and so it may work better in the book, but like it does go on for so long in this movie where we just continuously find out how much Dakota Johnson's daughter is falling apart because and inconsolable doll. because she doesn't have her doll that Olivia Coleman just keeps like hiding in different spots in her apartment that she's rented. And she's fixing it up. Right, but I'm just like, that became okay. such a weird MacGuffin that... When you get to the end, I wasn't I wasn't on board <laughs> with anybody acting that way over the doll. Like, right. It, it, yeah. And also, like she just, gets it back, I, she finds <laughs> out she steals it, and then she stabs her, which was kind of by accident. But mm, I don't think so. I mean, I think like if she's really her younger, like the version of her younger self, do you see like um, Jesse Buckley? character stabbing so like you know like it they had this like kinship of understanding and, and i feel like all of a sudden it turned into something totally different or is dakota yeah. johnson not real oh there you go said all is that whole family just made up in her mind i hate, I hate this kind of talk about movies and olivia coleman commits suicide by stabbing yourself with a needle. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. You you figured it out, Lee. Yep. Ah, oh, fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I knew I, I knew through this podcast it yep. would bring me to what this movie is all about. There's your there's your resolution. Yeah, it was no, all I just think a dream. I think the I think the doll piece didn't work. Like the the impact of and the significance of that doll just felt kind of silly. And not only that, but, like, it seemed silly that Leda kept hiding it. Like, give it the fuck back. <laughs> like, I get it. She reminds her of her doll she had. She's going through something. But it just seemed overly dramatic and silly that this doll impacted so much of the conclusion of this movie. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't... I think this movie's a really good movie for conversation, for sure. And um, I think, you know, we'll talk about the performances, which I, for for the two leads, I think was really, really good. But I, I'm not going to pretend I didn't wrestle with this movie and 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 leave it feeling a little bit bewildered. Um and not in a in a way that I couldn't really wrap my mind around. See, to me, it felt, and this is, the, I, this is a good movie. It's like like you guys have said, it's it's real. It's actually really impressively made, and I liked a lot of what Gyllenhaal did as a director in this movie, in terms of her camera work, in terms of her pacing, and like, and not only just I guess it is the camera work, but kind of the way it manipulates you, and you know, I think that's a lot of you know, impressive stuff for, is this her first movie that she's directed? I think so. Yeah, I would, I would think so. Um, but I left this movie kind of being like, this is a movie I'll never watch again and probably never really think about much more again. I mean, it definitely left an impression on me and it made me think about it. So I would disagree with you there, Lee. Um, but let's talk about the performances. Uh, I, I weirdly, especially like Jesse Buckley in this movie. I thought she was just really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the nuanced performances, performance that she gave. Uh, you, I, She did a better job to me, and, and they were both really, really good, but she did a better job to me of letting me as an audience member sort of understand her mm-hmm. and what she was kind of going through. I think Olivia Coleman had a more difficult um, role to do that because, you know, for Jesse Buckley's version of Leda, everything was happening sort of in the moment. Like the big things were happening to her then the affair, the, um, you know, dealing with the children, dealing with the husband. You saw it all. Whereas Olivia Coleman's character, it was more like the aftermath of it and she had to sort of. It was a. It had to be more of a nuanced performance to for you to qu- quite understand where she was coming from. Yeah, <clears throat> that's interesting. Um, I, I definitely agree with your assessment of her. I don't think she was better than Olivia Coleman, though. Um, if I had to pick between the two, I'd actually pick Buckley. Weirdly, well, Other she's than, a lot. Uh, she's a lot younger. Uh, it, oh, that's not what you meant. You meant. I meant I meant fixie wise. Fixie wise, uh, Olivia Coleman is a winner. Is well, she, Buckley's is a, two, a nominee. Is she a two-time winner? Coleman uh, is no. no. She was nominated last year though for um, the father, mm. and yeah. Jesse Buckley almost was won. Also... She was she was very she was second place. She was very close. I remember because I think she was my number one. I, who won last year? I believe um, the woman from uh, Minari. No, was the winner? Oh for yeah, supporting yeah, 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 actress. Yeah. Is that right? I'm gonna find out right now. Um, but Olivia <clears throat> Coleman has been nominated twice, and uh, Jesse Buckley was nominated for actress last year too. For I'm thinking of ending things because she was really great in that, even though that movie was was a tough one. Lee, what do you think about so, the performances? Coleman is so effortlessly good in this, and. I think when that happens, it's very easy to look at Buckley and say, that's an amazing performance that outshined it. 
And I think you bring up a good point, Jeremy, just about the the scenes that she were, was in, you know, called for a little bit more attention-grabbing type of performance. Um, yeah. Where, like, Coleman's best work was, like, that scene where she says she's not going to move her umbrella and or change seats. Like, all these just, like, little scenes throughout the movie where there's unspoken work or there's just sing- simple single lines of dialogue. And she's just, she's just such an excellent actress. I think we, it's so easy to like overlook how good she is in this movie, which I think I probably did, but weirdly her sort of biggest scene was in the movie theater when those kids were oh yeah they being, were being disruptive assholes. and she just wants them to stop. So I loved how she, I loved her performance in that scene too, because she's like, doesn't, really want to get in a fight and she's kind of nervous about how to handle it. She's, you know, pissed about how the movie theater handles it. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, look, they're both really good in this movie. I think they, they actually play. It's interesting to see, to try to watch it and see Jesse Buckley's Leda in Olivia Coleman's Leda. Does that make sense? Like to see, like, are they playing? Are they the same person that we're playing, or are they just, you know, two actors playing, you know, two different ages of this character? Are or there similarities? It, yeah, or it's one just a memory from the older one, right? You know, like, um, but yeah, well, talk about you know, talk about really sort of a directorial debut for Maggie Gyllenhaal, getting all the right people in place. Getting a cast herself, yeah. Getting, getting a script that really you know works. She wrote it. Yeah, she she adapted it. Yeah. Well, can I? I got to be honest, guys. I think you're real. Especially Lee, I think you're really, really underselling this movie. I might be honestly. I just didn't. I just really. It did not register for me. Like it's not that it didn't work. It's not that I didn't think it was. It was done well. I just I left it feeling underwhelmed by it. I, I, it didn't feel like something that was going to stick with me. And I, again, like maybe I need to see it again. I don't particularly want to watch it again, but this happens unfortunately. And I don't know if, you know, unlike you Chapin, I watched it in one sitting. Um, you know, I, I, it had my full attention. It wasn't anything like external that distracted me from it or anything. I just, I, maybe it was just some, a movie or an experience that didn't work for me. And that, that's going to happen, and it's unfortunate if it happened with a really good movie. And you know, uh, I, but I have to say, like, it just wasn't one that I I left being like, oh man, like let's I can't wait to talk about this and and dive deep on this one. I think what kept me from feeling the way you do, Chapin, is the flaws in this movie, the family dynamic, that whole thing, the the doll, um, the the little like plot points that I could I could tell were probably made sense in the book they they felt like they were part of a novel but mm. they then really sort of distracted me um, at certain points and then also like I said earlier just wrestling with how I was supposed to feel about the film and the character especially and and being thrown for that loop where I was like whoa okay this is a completely sort of different thing than I I feel like I'd been just been watching. Um, I think hmm. kept it from being you know a really good good movie for me. Um, but I really did appreciate that it could that it could do that 
to me. <clears throat> I I hear that. I I would say the one sort of glaring <clears throat> thing that stood out for me was the stabbing. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um and it, it, it almost it, seemed like it was there for that last shot, for that sort right, of poetic-looking shot of her falling on the, on the beach with the waves. Right. Um, it's probably in the book too, but uh, yeah, no, I, I just um, I found that to be just kind of like, like you knew that was coming, right? Where something's going to happen, they're going to reveal the doll, and she's going to get really upset. And I think this movie has a lot of nuance and a lot of complexity in terms of the way people behave with each other and the relationship between Dakota Johnson, who I also thought was fantastic in this. There's just, she has a couple scenes where like she's doing so much just with her eyes that, yeah, I thought she was good. Um, but yeah, I felt that was a little bit of a cliched ending. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what, what the last shot of the movie is supposed to in- indicate like her, you know, is she alive or is she dead? I, you know, I, I, I I said this before. I really can't stand those kind of discussions, and like, I I just it just seems so meaningless to me. But um, ultimately, I was just able to overlook that stuff. I think there's such good stuff here. I think Gyllenhaal did such a good job directing this film, and um, yeah, it's just like the stuff that worked just really really worked for me, and um. Yeah. I think the heart of the movie is what this person is experiencing. And I think we get that. And I think I I loved the flashbacks at first. You know, I often find myself hating flashbacks. It's just like, Oh, it just slows the story down get me back to the real time thing. But I was just, I almost wanted to go back to the flashbacks more, you know, like they they were were just so important to inform us of the story too. It's not like they were there for some, you know, silly reason of, of I don't know whatever sometimes flashbacks are used for I mean we need we needed those to understand her yeah I and I liked that movie too like I guess I liked Jesse Buckley's movie too and I don't know I part of me thinks I was distracted by the extracurricular activity that was going on in Olivia Coleman's story with Dakota Johnson's family and the doll and all that but I recognize how important that is to the movie, at least Dakota Johnson's character, maybe not her whole family, but I, I recognize the importance of that and you know, what this movie would be without it is pretty, is pretty thin. But like you're saying, like you go to those flashbacks with Jesse Buckley and you tie those things together with just the simplicity of the, the, the scenes with Olivia Coleman. And you start to think about why is she on this vacation? What is she wrestling with? this movie does work really nicely. But I guess it's to Jeremy's point. You throw in all these things with the doll and the stabbings and the the fam- the American family that's there. And I don't know, maybe it felt too bloated or what. I'm not... I, I, I honestly don't feel like I'm in a great position to defend my point of not liking this movie because I honestly think that you guys are probably right. I think this movie is way better than I'm probably giving it credit for. I just can't help with my, what my reaction was after I left it. Mm. I guess that's fair to be wrong. 
Yeah, it's fair to be wrong. You guys have been wrong on this podcast recently, too. I don't so. think I can't. Chavik, can you recall any? No, no. The only the only real, like, real, just, like, objectively wrong move was Coda. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get past yeah, you, that. You were wrong about that. Yeah, You're no, right. you, you, were, you were quite You were wrong. wrong two weeks in a row, Chavik. You were wrong about Coda, and you were wrong about Don't Look Up. No, yeah, no, no, no. You, no, you, no I think... you were wrong. I'm sorry, guys. Don't Look Up is not a good movie. You can't just say I'm sorry, guys. Like, it oh, is. Th- have... this is this is my decision that I've made, and you can't like do anything not, about it. A... I'm sorry, guys. You. It's not a smart wrong. or sophisticated movie. It's it's it, it's just. Oh, okay. So it's Mr. Smart and Sophisticated over here who d- decides what's smart and sophisticated. Oh, I forgot. People can't see this at home, but Lee's wearing a top hat right now. Yeah. I, yep. I guess actually, I only put He's it got on a to make monocle. that point. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, oh, is that sh- you reading Shakespeare, are you? Uh, as we've been doing the podcast. Yeah, the whole time, because he's, yeah. he's the only one that knows smart and sophisticated. And Speaking also, I, I'm also listening to a book on tape in this headphone and listening to you guys in this one. I've, I just realized I have two ears. I can use both. You can separate them. Yeah. That's pretty, that would be pretty impressive. <laughs> That's a line from Always Sunny where he goes, I just realized I have two ears, so I'm listening to a book in this ear and nothing in this ear. He's like, I'm sorry, you just realized you have two ears? <laughs> uh, so now now this podcast has just fallen to quoting Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Smart and sophisticated, as he said. Yep. That show is smarter and more sophisticated <clears throat> than Don't Look Up. Um, That's my okay. response. So... What else you guys been watching? Anything? Well, uh, I watched Spencer. Thoughts? And thoughts? Uh, I liked it. I, I mean, it I, th- I thought her performance was, at fir- like, the first scene she started doing the, like, sort of, I-, I saw, like, her trying to do mannerisms and, like, all this. When The scene where she walks into, like, is lost and walks into um, the fish and chips place and asked where she was i was like oh no but i she i thought she was unbelievable she's so good in it by the end of this movie i thought that was such a great performance and uh i didn't realize that this movie was sort of gonna take place in one weekend yeah three Um, days yep and i i like that and i think i think this movie did a really good job of uh of showing her 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 turn turmoil and what she went through and why it was so difficult for her Mm -hmm. um but i hated the score so it's interesting the score could definitely be polarizing it's like super intense and loud and anxiety inducing like i think it was effective but i totally understand why it didn't work i watched it it again with lydia yeah I, i loved this movie i think it's so good for all the reasons you just talked about like and oh yeah the score was bad johnny greenwood did the score We've we've talked about the effectiveness of of taking these real life stories and condensing them down to a very specific point in time and how much you can learn about a character just by doing that and it does it so well. It takes place on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day, and you know this is a kind of uh, pre um, pre Princess Diana divorce from um, her husband, but kind of post separation of sorts. Like you know Camilla Parker Bowles is is in the picture and you see her in one scene. And I think, you know, I, I do not have a very firm understanding or grasp on the Royal family at all. Um, me and Lydia have only just recently started watching the crown. 
But this movie just like piqued my interest in that world so much because it's it's incredible how anybody can live like that. And you know, she couldn't. And that's it's I think that's this movie does such a good job and you're right Kristen Stewart is so good as Princess Diana. Um and yeah, like there's a couple things that, you know, maybe could have been done differently or could have done without. I don't know how effective the, you know, the Anne Boleyn stuff was, but you know, uh, all things considered, like I'll take that. Um, I I thought this was such an excellent movie. Yeah. I mean, it had weirdly shades of the shining in it sometimes, which I thought was a little bit bizarre. Um, the way that that house was shot or that palace was shot and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that it's a movie that certainly grew on me. I I would have said if I stopped it halfway through, I would have been like, eh, not. Yeah, really. I had the same experience when I first watched it. I was like, man, this is am I gonna? This is kind of interesting. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, it's over, and you're like, whoa, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah because it, it it was a little bit. I mean, the first half's a bit boring, to be honest. And you're like, get to the point, uh, and uh, yeah, it does. So. Yeah. Um, I watched, speaking of biopics, I watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye, mostly because I, I know that there was some discussion about Jessica Chastain's performance in that movie, and also, I don't know, televangelism and, you know, having grown up in all sorts of Christianity and stuff, I found it interesting, but man, what a bad movie. Like, <laughs> this is just like the exact opposite example of like a biopic, and just the birth to death never focus on any one thing try to cram as much stuff in it as you can and it's just quite quite bad so that's what else so so don't see that so don't watch that i'm almost done watching the novice which is actually pretty good um i feel like i've been really good lately about seeing movies i watched Uh, swan song yeah okay i mean i really i I'm sort of mixed on that movie as a whole, but I, I loved his performance. I really loved his performance. He was really good. The movie, did, I liked it. It just, I don't know that it totally worked, the movie. Like, yeah, it's a good, it's an interesting concept. It's a futuristic sort of movie, um, but uh, it, it feels it feels like sort of an extended Black Mirror episode. It also seemed like it kept wanting to become a thriller, but that's not what it was. So it mm. would like introduce these like thriller aspects of like, oh, they're gonna find out, but then like pulls back, and you're like, nope, that's not it. It's really just about self discovery and like accepting and what we leave behind. And I knew I saw something else. I, I saw the last duel, which I really really enjoyed a lot, yeah, and it's awesome. Uh, I thought the performances were great. I loved Ben Affleck in it. Oh God, he is so funny. Um, incredible screenplay. I, I really like that movie. That was just like one of those fun movies to to watch this year. Like I was like, oh shit, and it got dark. That 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 got dark at points. Sure. Um, but I uh, very uh, Rashomon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy put his monocle on. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So some good ones, and I, I've sort of turned the tide. It's turned the tide for me on this year. I've, I'm starting to see some of the better films, and because uh, a lot of the films that have been considered some of the best of the year, I haven't been crazy about. So uh, I'm glad I got to see those last three movies. Um, well, I'll I, say what I like them. 
what's making this what's making it hard for me to say that this is a good year is the fact that I still I'm not sure what my favorite movie of the year is. I think maybe I know. I mean, I think I know what's probably on the top of the list, but I'm like, is this the best movie of the year? I don't know. Oh, I also saw what? How do you, I'm not? I'm gonna butcher this. Quo Vetus Ada. Yep. I said it pretty well then. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I really, I really like that too, and I thought what her a, performance was incredible. Yeah, yeah, worth it for her performance, but also that's a tough watch. Yeah, for sure, oof. that's a tough, tough watch. Like, uh, you know, I had to after I watched that, I, I watched uh, Schindler's List to just sort of uh, yeah, real, yeah, cheer up, calm yourself down. Yeah, I just I find those movies that like that involve the the UN and just to be very interesting like dynamics like the their involvement and what they can and can't do and just like these things that are happening in very in like modern history and i find that stuff it, it reminds me of movies like no man's land and you know stuff like that that i find very interesting i i liked that movie a lot chapin you got anything for us i do um spider-man yeah can i spoil it for you guys no i want i'm gonna see it okay that was that's where I that, the, that was it. You could only talk about it if you spoil it. Kind of. I was going to ask you about it, but I'm glad you're going to see it. So then we can talk about it. Oh, yeah, probably I, not. I, I'll wait till it's available streaming. I'm going to see it. Uh, all right. Well, um, I went to see uh, Licorice Pizza again. Good. Well, we'll talk about that later. Next week on the podcast, we are doing the tragedy of Macbeth. Joel and Cohen, we're, baby. We're going to answer the question that every listener of ours has been asking: Who will play Macbeth better? Denzel Washington or me. That's the sign everybody's mind because everybody will have then seen both. Right, right, right. We're going to post my uh, (laughs) DVD (laughs) copy of my performance from 2003. (laughs) Can't wait for that. So thank you so much for listening. You know what, guys? I I wanted to point out that uh, Fixie Season is is in full... um, Effects, but we also need your voice recordings. I know people are talking to me about this podcast, so I know we know you're listening. So please send us a voice memo from your Apple iPhone, or if you if you have a Android, I guess that'll be fine too. But I'm sure uh, there's something. I'm sure you can hook it up to like a a desktop computer, and and just tell us something about what what was your favorite thing you saw this this year. hopefully a movie or if you have some kind of musing about a movie you saw, let us know if you have anything to say about us, let us know. But, but actually let's just stay focused on 2021. What was your, what was your favorite movie or movies of 2021? And and tell us a little bit about that experience and you will be on the podcast. We guarantee it. We get so many, we don't have time for the fixies. We just, it's just a series of voicemails. Yeah, just be a whole show of the of the voicemail. So thank you so much for listening, and uh, email us at getyourfilmfix uh, feedback at getyourfilmfixpodcast.com. Should we get a new email address? What should we just do a Gmail? Why can't it just be getyourfilmfix? Why can't it just be getyourfilmfix.com? That was taken. Well, who took that? So, no, it was it was ours, and then it wasn't, and now you have to pay like five hundred bucks for it. That's why we changed it to Get Your Film Fix podcast. That's so long. So also long. visit our Patreon account. Yeah. <laughs> we got to pay for those stakes somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you.
I'm staying. I'm finishing my coffee. Enjoying my coffee. <laughs> 